Hello, welcome, and thanks for listening to the very first Pit Permaculture Magazine podcast, where we will be going in depth into one of the articles featured in the latest issue of the magazine. This time around, editor Robin Rosenfeld chats to Adam Hickman, tiny house builder and natural building expert. Enjoy. Okay, so today we're talking with Adam Hickman, who runs Evergreen Homes and specialises in natural building and tiny homes. Hi, Adam. Thanks for coming and having a chat with us today. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Great. So you've recently completed your own tiny home, and we featured that in issue six of Pip Magazine. And you're also running courses helping other people build tiny homes too. So firstly, what is a tiny home? What makes a home tiny? I think, like, I've had this discussion with a lot of people (laughs) over the last few years, and I think, you know, there's a notion that it's um, a tiny home um, is, in in inverted commas, is a a small home on wheels that's portable. But for me, it's more, it sort of extends beyond that and sort of... um, you know, I've I've built small cob homes that are ten square meters and you know fifteen square meters little straw bale studios and you know for for me a tiny home is it sort of all encompassing to bringing awareness to um, living in the environment and actually um, getting that indoor outdoor living um, sort of mindfulness around your needs and and your your lifestyle. Um, so I think. The, the whole tiny home is um phenomena like extends out way more than just homes on wheels for me now yeah. um okay so what um inspired you to build a tiny home uh, me and my partner sean were uh, living um in a community called agari farm yeah. up in uh near seymour north of melbourne and um at the time um we were running um we ran a tiny house workshop uh, with um, Rob Scott, who's um, a very close friend of mine. Um, and he's been building sort of houses on the back of trucks for quite a long time before really the tiny house movement came about out of uh, necessity. Um, and he actually asked me to come work with him and we ran a workshop together. And then I started just working with him to build clients, tiny homes. And, and so when we were living at Agari, um, because of the land ownership there, we were sort of, me and my partner, Sharma, wanting to have a, a warm, private space that we could really make home. And because of a slight unsurety of uh, our commitment or the unsurety to the ownership of the land and what that might look like, we decided to build. It made sense for us to build on uh, a truck house on wheels so we had a, the ability if the, um, the situation changed and evolved that we could take our home with us so mm. um yeah and sort of being a carpenter and having that experience it's it, it just made sense for us for to to go that way with it so yeah so is that why you built it on wheels so that you could move it when you needed to move your residence we knew that um, that 70, 17 acres where we were wasn't going to be a forever spot for us to live. Um, mm. 
So we built it on wheels to give us the flexibility to take our home with us wherever that may be. Yeah, well, that's great because uh, you don't want to spend all that time building a home and then when you have to move, start from scratch. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, that sort of leads on to like not needing to get your um, specific planning permits and spend, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars on drawings and engineer reports and, and council permission and um Mm. Yeah, so it frees you up in so many ways and gives you flexibility um, to sort of deal with what's actually important, which is, you know, our bare needs of actual shelter, warmth, um, and, yeah, like cleanliness, you know, like mm. having all those utilities to hand. Like, you know, after spending a couple of years of living in the back of the the, the, the car and then tent and then we actually were living for like – eight months in the back of the truck while while we were working out what we we're actually going to do with it. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, so it's just getting those basic needs met was really important for us. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about the design of your tiny home. How did you sort of design it to fit everything in that you needed? My client was myself and um, my partner, Sean, and her spe- her specifications were – I need somewhere to be able to wash. I need somewhere to be able to eat and like prepare all my ferments. Yeah. And I need somewhere to be able to do yoga. So that was my um, specification from the other side of the relationship. Yeah. Um, so um, had been building a few truck houses beforehand, um, and and designing and dreaming of of our own design. And one thing that became really apparent to me is a need for orientation in a small space. And mm. so if you see in the photos in the, the pit magazine, the issue six is trying to create orientation. So you're um, able to hug um, the the kitchenette or the cupboards or the couch or the this, that and the other to the walls and create, try and keep as much open space as possible. Mm. Uh, to create that um, feeling of expansion and um, having big double doors on the side where that really gives opens you up to that indoor-outdoor living, which is Mm. really important, I think, Um, not only to connect to your environment, but to be able to have that sort of transition and flow within the the home space. Yeah. And... um, yeah, just having that rather than – there's a lot of tiny houses which are like galley, so they're maybe the kitchen's on, on both sides of the room. So mm. you're actually completely isolating that space to just kitchen zone. And for me, there's not enough space there to, to, to do that personally. I, I like to create that flow um, yeah. and make every space usable in, in a few different um, function so um Great. yeah that's what works works for me with the design yeah and did you and keep in mind thing. kind of um passive solar like letting the sun in and things like that yeah totally so that's that's the same thing with the orientation and and what i'm finding as well living and, and I, I think we need to create a bit of a forum with people that are living in tiny houses and like really experiencing the season change and um living in tiny house through the through the seasons through the year because um what i've done is orientate it in a passive solar design but really it's such a small space like because you're wanting to 
you know evoke light into the space and to give you that expansion and that natural light um but also it's that sort of balance between um solar gain and keeping cool keeping heat so ventilation i'm finding is absolutely fundamental to tiny house design Mm. um because really you you can't avoid you're wanting light but you can't you you can't um, deter the the solar gain so really encouraging ventilation and flow having high windows low windows to actually get that draw coming through Mm. Uh, and you know heaps of fly screens because that's one thing we've been learning as well it's like fundamental really because summertime is you have to open everything up Mm. um and you don't want the mozzies no you don't want the mozzies (laughs) yeah so how large is your tiny home or how tiny is your tiny home um so ours is roughly about 20 square meters which is pretty big really it's it's funny when you say tiny home people say actually that's really a realistic size for Mm. uh, a couple to live in like it's and like like i said we went from back of the station wagon to tent to back of the furniture removal van so mm. it was like we upgraded in size <laughs> yeah we <were> like <laughs> well know, it looks really us. spacious and beautiful in oh, the photos. yeah it's thank you it's so feels really spacious and i re- like i really encourage that two sets of doors um because i see a lot of them maybe have one door on the back or one door on the side and just having those the, the two-way door situation is really like I said, giving you that feeling of expanse and open, because essentially the your, your environment, your garden, your your paddock is is your home as well, and it gives mm. you that doesn't like it doesn't separate the two, which is really important, um, I think. But um, yeah, and I guess one thing with um, living in a tiny home, it discourages clutter and discourages yep. gathering lots of belongings and having too many things. Is that something that you've found? Yep. Um, yeah, totally. Um, look, I'm I'm a bit of a hoarder myself. I, I think we all are when we're conscious about waste. You know, like it's that fine line between can I really use this or is it just going to sit there? You know what I mean? Mm. But um, look, we what we've most like because we've we live in community. There's um, we have all our essentials um and we have stripped down and what's in the tiny house is just you know our our clothes and you know like the important things to us and like and also our our in-laws and um sean's parents they live down in Torquay, so we've got a little bit of storage there but very minimal i mean when we actually moved from the city that was our big sort of like spring clean really because we're like you know bugger this like there's just um we're moving to the country we're you know on a paddock in community like we don't need like all mm. your clothes get dirty once you've been in the garden for <laughs> get yeah keeping simple and and just minimizing and like realizing our needs not our wants and that's really important mm. you know yeah um so tell me about the building process how did you go about building it well for us it was really beautiful process that sort of you know, always going to stay with us, and and it's hugely part of our lives. And and so when um, we realised that, and we decided that we were going to 
we were going to build. Um, we sort of put it out there. We were living, like I say, in community at the time. There were seven of us there, and and we put it out there to friends and close friends and and family, and and said, look, we're doing this, and I I just didn't book in any work, and I was I was I was like committing three months of the year first part of the year to completely focusing on it and um so we put it out there to friends and people just came and showed interest and wanted to help out and thought it was a really cool idea and um just wanted to be involved and that's sort of the essence of community anyway like you know you get your sticky beak into everyone else's stuff and you know help out get involved and you know create the magic and so we we actually built ours um with friends and two of my very very close friends Ben and Tommy um they came for the first two weeks and they're, they're both carpenters and they committed to, to that for us and it was a really beautiful um gift from them and it was just so beautiful a community process and you know some weeks there was two of us the other weeks there was like 15 of us and wow. you know we just provide food for everyone and you know bring out the beers and the cheese platter and celebrate and it was just a really beautiful um time of our of our life you know like it really just showed such a strong community spirit and when the building process like you know half half of the cost is in labor really Mm. like and and more than half sometimes and so just like incredible for us like we're just so lucky to be surrounded by such amazing people really Mm. like and that's life's really about isn't it so yeah so so what did it cost you all up to build well look there's always things to do and there's still a little bit of jiggery pokery but look to date i reckon we've i reckon we've spent about 16 and a half around that wow um, that's pretty good a lot less than your normal house oh yeah yeah totally um um, and is that including the truck that you bought to put it on yeah, that's including the truck. The truck was two and a half grand. Yeah. Um, and I went down and picked that up from um, Springvale, um, yep. southeastern suburbs. Uh, from this old, me and Shani went down and just this awesome old um, Italian dude, like, has looked at after it meticulously and such an awesome dude. Like, he was so stoked when we told him we were going to build a house on it. And he mm. sort of didn't really know what that really meant in a way but like yeah. i was going we signed over the paper yeah yeah that's it no that's he was like really you know he just didn't want to he wanted to see it go to a good home you know mm. and like when we signed over the paper it was so funny like i like yeah for for record i wasn't driving but he bought out whiskey and like he was, <laughs> it was just like this massive like celebration out the back of his place and yeah. Oh, it's like, you know, it's like, Bella, bring out the whiskey. And it was like, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's just such a nice, like, again, like community, like so to see that sort of in, in the history of of the truck before our home was like awesome. And that's why we sort of wanted to keep his name on the side of the truck. And you'll see in the photos on, in the issue six that um, we've still got his name and, and address in on the side of the truck. Oh, that's great. Good, Bit of history yeah, there. Yeah, great. Yeah, 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 totally. So also yeah. mentioning with um, cutting in the, down on the cost is the fact that you don't need council approval. 
So is that is that right? You don't need any council approval to build a house? Yeah, well, look, house? you know, there's all these different ideas of floating around, but what from personal experience, like actually speaking to our council, the go is that um, if you have a um, primary um, dwelling on the property that's um, registered like primary dwelling, then you can have these, it's essentially a caravan parked in the backyard. Like, And so you can have tiny houses on a property um, and you can have, you know, because in Victoria, a, you can build a 10 square meter house on your property if you have a primary dwelling without any council approval as well. Okay. So, um, but what it is is you you can't be can't be living yeah. in it full time if you know what I mean. So, um, you know, it's like it's a place where you can stay, but it's like not your right, fundamental okay. address. Yeah. Um, and because it's on wheels. It, you don't need the planning, and it, you can move it if there's a problem. Mm. Um, and so it just the, gives you that flexibility. Does the car need to be registered? The van? No. So, to for the trucks, if you're going to build on a truck, they don't need to be registered. Um, but they, um, like I've just built one on a for a client on a 1979 Bed- Bedford, absolutely amazing condition the truck and it's fully registered so it can go where it likes and that's no dramas but to actually again keep the cost down you can get a truck that's unregistered but you know has good brakes lights and all that gear and then to actually move it we use um, an unregistered vehicle permit which is issued by um, Vic Roads which is 45 bucks mm. uh, and you can engage it for like 24 hours to up to 7 days and it's it's there to um, as a loophole for people transporting vehicles to either be fixed or taken to a place for um, to be uh, worked on, etc. So yeah, we actually use that unregistered vehicle permit because look, the, these ones on the trucks, like our one, it's not like if you want to take tiny houses around, like they're not caravans, you know. Mm. They're, they're, they're to move, like, depending on what size you want to go and, and what style. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But, like, our one, personally, it's made to move two or three times in its life, you know. Yeah. So we can move it on the unregistered vehicle permit um, for that. Um, and so, it's yeah, it's um, that's sort of... W- the basis of what we're we're sort of looking at with these older trucks, um, mm. so it's more to empower and also to um, yeah get around the absolutely ridiculous bureaucracy. Um, yeah, that's um, you know really suppressing and dampening you know our possibilities, especially in rural communities. You know the the actual um, possibilities we've got for living in community and having comfort and growing food together as a tribe or as a intentional community with tiny homes as a basis. I mean, it's great. You know, we can empower ourselves. We don't need the man so yeah. much, you know. You can build <laughs> so, your house and do what you like with it. That's it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, is there, mate? You know no. what I mean? So why do you think the tiny house movement has grown so much recently and become so popular? 
I generally think I have serious faith in humanity, and I generally think there is a collective consciousness that is awakening to the fact that there's so much, excuse my French, but bullshit going on in our politics and our you know world corporation sort of level mm. that it's just like people wanting to take some control back and be empowered yeah and like for me i that's why i that's why i hope the movement's growing and from people that i surround myself with that's why it's growing for them um mm. i totally can I, there's snippets of people that i'm seeing you know looking like you know that they could make a bit of money out of it and start mass producing them. And I'm not mm. into that at all, obviously. <laughs> mm. um, but like, I, I really hope, hope for the movement for self empowerment and just, um, yeah, taking, taking the power back and, and, you know, going local and, you know, buying local food, taking the power back, having more time, not having to work so much, maybe like minimum. So you can spend time on, craft and family time and you yeah. know nourishing your relationship you know so that's what that's why i hope the movement's growing yeah <laughs> and you know I, I believe in it you know it's great so yeah so what about um power and water how does how do you get that in um well we're running on solar and we've got um at the moment we've got 480 watt panels yeah um which are recycled reclaimed um in really good nick um and we're running a 1500 watt inverter um with 600 amp hour batteries that's our story yeah and we have a 60 amp uh solar controller um so that's our system for solar and and We're does that does that give you the, enough for what you need? All the lighting set up on um, <clears throat> twelve volt DC, uh, so it's all running on like there's eight uh, down lights which all on th- uh, run on three watt. So you the lighting is no dramas at all. Yeah. Um, and like things like uh like our stereo um uh like computer um phones like pretty much anything is no drama one thing we've found in winter we've struggled a little bit with the fridge Mm, um just when we have overcast days um so we've been having to sometimes we've had to like turn off the fridge overnight and then turn it back on when the sun's out Mm. Um, that's not a bad thing to do anyway well, no, that's it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I'm getting the batteries all reclaimed as well. They're old Telstra batteries. So it's a really, really cheap system. Like, I've just set up um, a client that I'm working with at the moment, um, 700 amp hour batteries, four panels at 200 watts. And it's... Uh, like or the system with a two and a two thousand five hundred watt inverter, so because they could be have a bit more going on, and um, you know, it's looking at materials like around two and a half grand, so it's a really cheap system. And what about um, the water? Yeah, so um, at the moment, because we're in transition, um, we're actually moving. We're sort of living 
um, have been living at Common Ground Community, which is near Seymour as well. And we've been um, in transition between the truck and here. So we're, at the moment, I haven't set up the um, water system, but um, once we, in the next few weeks, we're moving the truck here and I'm going to set up um, guttering on the roof. Okay. And then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to set up two um, the 1,000 litre um, ICBs mm. because you you need to stop the sunlight getting to them so the water doesn't sort of photosynthesize and grow like algae and these such. So yeah. I'm just going to make a little lean to catch and to protect from the sun um, and then catch all the water into that um, and then solar pump back up into the um, the water system, into the sink and to the shower. Okay, there's, okay. There's a shower on the back porch. Yeah, that's well. an awesome shower. Oh, it's it like so a great spot awesome. to have a shower. Oh, God, it was so good. And We're, how do you hate yeah, that we, water? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, um, it's a gas hot water system. So it's instant gas hot water. Um, but yeah, we're, we're talking about, like, we're really interested in biodigesters, um, mm. what that, what that might look like. We've sort of researched into it, did a fair bit of research when we were in India, cause there's a lot there in India and yeah, so that's something we're seriously looking at. So replacing our LPG with biogas. So now yeah. you've been in the house for a little while. I know you've been living in there on and off, but how, how are yep. you finding it? We just absolutely love it. It's it's been yeah quite challenging that we yeah like I said the last like wee while we've been in on and off been in it because we've been testing out and testing the water um, common ground community um, and um, but yeah it's just so it's so beautiful like I said when some of those nights where we just like sat up in bed and looking across the house and. I've got a really big attention to detail and, and I love timber and design and um like just what we've created as a, a you know as a couple and as you know all the people that help build it and mm. uh, it's just so heartwarming it's and uh, yeah like I can't really express in words how much we love it really yeah. oh, <laughs> we're just really excited to get in it um yeah, back back in it full time. So yeah. <laughs> so is it something you'd recommend to other people to build their own tiny houses? And is it something that the average person could do? Look, I'd recommend it to everyone. I think it's incredible. Whether it's for, you know, your kids' bedrooms, like for yourself, um, to not have to pay so much, to not have to have a mortgage for one. Like mm. bugger that. Um, like. And like kids' bedrooms, like studios for people to stay in, like you know, sometimes you can bugger off, go on holiday and rent it out. Like this, just it's endless, you know. Like mm. and like you know, so like like I said before, like in, especially in rural settings, like having a residential home that may become like a community center, and then having small dwellings around it, like it just opens up so many opportunities for. Um, like co-creating spaces and um and like yeah growing food and animal husbandry so there's more people involved in that space and mm. but looking so, at it too i mean looking at those photos i just yeah i fell in love with it just looking at them and just thought wow how beautiful to live in a space that's just simple 
there's not like loads of clutter. It's just and it's beautifully made. So yeah, so you run tiny house workshops, do you, to help other people yeah, well, build them? Yeah, well, I've I've run a few in the in the past. We're in transition into a new community, um, and I'm looking at setting up a space for next year and um, running some tiny house workshops from from common ground. But there's definitely some on coming up on the horizon. But yeah, we've we had such a great time. The last the last two that I was. Uh, that I ran and that was involved with, you know, had such a great time. And a few people have gone on and built their own from that. So, it's, oh, you know, great. that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, it's so Spreading good. Spreading love. A friend, yeah, a friend Ebony the other day, I saw her photos on Facebook and was like, oh, it's so good. Like, just to see that, you know, that inspiration's been passed on. And mm. it's just, um, that's what it's all about, really. So, so But, yeah, um, I, I just want to say as well, like, yeah, I, so I'll be running – some tiny house works. Also, my great friend and um, Rob Scott. That his um, like we work together a lot still, and you know he's such an amazing guy. And he, he's um, he's got a business called Studio Trucks, and and he's running pretty frequent um, tiny house workshops at the moment. So if you go to Holly Burton, I think it's Holly Burton Farm dot com dot au or something, or search for Studio Trucks on Facebook, and he's got about three tiny house workshops coming up. Yeah, he's another great guy to to get in contact with as well. So. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that. All right. Well, great mm. to have a chat with you. And oh, good so luck good, with Robin. Your Always tiny house, and yeah, if people wanted you to help them build one or build one for them, where have you got a website that people could go to? Yeah. So um, my um, like I I love working with reclaimed materials and it's a real passion of mine and that's something that's really important for me and if um yeah if you see like see um our tiny house in issue 6 and that like res- resonates with you and um if you go to um evergreenhomes.com.au that's my website and okay. um also if you just search for evergreen homes on facebook i think it's evergreen homes australia on facebook and also instagram and that's where you can find me and and send me an email or give me a ring and yeah like i'd love to love to be involved in more and more in this movement so yeah great well good on you for spreading mm. the tiny house love no worries and good on you for spreading <laughs> keeping Pip going strong is the best. <laughs> Yay. Good work, Robin. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Living Tiny is a feature story in Pip Permaculture Magazine, issue 6. To subscribe to Pip, go to www.pipmagazine.com.au. Stay tuned for Pip issue 7 and our new podcast released in mid-February 2017.